Hello there. You're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. And after reflecting on 2022's best offerings last week, this week we're going to be looking ahead to the year 2023 and picking out our most anticipated movies. Additionally, we will give reaction to the Oscar nominations and do an update on our 2023 Oscar draft. talk about the elephant in the room <laughs> sure mr the jeremy renner aching to speak about oh man we skipped news last week so it all got pushed to today and my god what the fuck i know that was insane to read about when it happened like new year's day yeah you hear about this terrible accident that he had he's in critical condition come to find out he was run over by his own snowplow and then his own snowplow yes wow Heard more and more details. I mean, it'd be a little bit crazier if it was someone else's snow clouds, I'd be honest. Well, well, my question is who's driving it then if it's not him? So to the best of my knowledge and information that's been put out so far, it seems like what happened is he was in the snowplow clearing out the road for him and his neighbors. And then his nephew was by his truck or something, or maybe it was just the truck. Mirna gets out of the snowplow, doesn't put the emergency brake, or there's some faulty thing that happens with it. It starts going, and then he runs to go save his nephew, who's like an adult nephew, by the way. Um, mm. So that seems to be what happened. Get out of here. Go. It's got a mind of its own. It's coming. <laughs> the snowplow seeks revenge. I mean... That would be a truly scary thing. I mean, they can someone's going to make a schlocky horror film out of it now because I'll tell you what. I mean, it was brutal. It broke 30 bones in his body. He had to get two operations and this whole like severe damage to his chest and everything like that. So, I mean, it took him out for it's amazing that he was able to survive. Honestly, they had to get him in a helicopter and transport him to a mm-hmm. hospital. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was able to make it out he's recovering now so he should be fine but a definitely yeah. scary close call for him yeah and now the snowplow has tasted human blood and it seeks more <laughs> truly terrifying it's gonna go on a rampage soon enough so yeah on to some more heartbreaking news heartbreaking news cobra kai to end with season six are you pumped are you sad what were your emotions am, when you when you watched that trailer and it said the biggest, the baddest, the final season? Mm-hmm. What were your emotions? I think it's the right call. I mean, I we've agree. been talking about it for a while that somehow, some way, they have been able to maintain the quality of it, but mm-hmm. you don't want to push your luck too far. So I think ending it with season six, they brought back all the old characters that they possibly could have. Yep. We've had these New kids switch sides back and forth a couple of times. They didn't so, bring back Hillary Swank though. Now that's what that's I'm where you're for. wrong because that's going to be the big <laughs> hook of season six. I really want it's it Hillary to be. I think that'd be so epic. I want be. Hillary Swank to come back so bad. I'm going to rewatch all of those movies, including the Hillary Swank one, in anticipation for season six. Mm-hmm. I'm so stoked. I it's am too. Be It'll amazing. be great, and I'm glad they're finishing it off without you know there being a dip in quality or them just rehashing everything that they've already done over again they said that they had six seasons in mind so i'm glad that they're going to be able to end it in the way that their vision originally was so yeah i am so excited as you know i love that show oh yeah just the best Mm -hmm. all right and other news for fans of rick and morty you're gonna see some things switch and change up over there justin roiland the co-creator and also the voice of many characters including rick and morty he is fired from that show because he has been charged with domestic abuse 
and a whole bunch of other news has come out lately about sexual improprieties. So yeah, Roiland is gone. And that's, that's the least of his worries really is that he's quote unquote canceled. I mean, he's straight up facing legitimate charges that he's yeah, really have bad to charges, yeah. Wade through in court. And so hopefully justice will be served because yeah, he seems like a total schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully he will yeah, get how are they gonna keep the show going? He's like eighty percent of the voices. They said they're continuing it. They said they released a statement, Adult Swim, and they said He's no longer part of the show, but season seven will continue. So I want it to be Dan Harmon doing the voices, but he doesn't try and do an impression. It's just Dan Harmon. I did see a bunch of posts and memes of people saying like Chris Pratt is going to get a call for him to come <laughs> in for Rick and Morty. People were saying like every that weird stoner kid uh, yeah. who loves doing Rick and Morty impressions. He just heard the best news of his life. So you can go. Bro, in Chris audition. Brad's gonna come on. They're gonna do the show, and he's be like, "Wubba lubba dub dub." <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, shit. that would be amazing. To be honest, I fully support that because it'd be hilarious, and I think it would be very funny. I mean, I'm not a watcher of Rick and Morty, but apparently, I, I don't know. I mean, the way that my wubba lubba dub dub joke kind of fell flat. It certainly did because yeah. I don't know what you're referencing. Uh, I, that's what I figured. Damn I it. can understand two references. One is Swifty, and then the other is the the Freddy Krueger bit. Okay, I think the second episode or something. Okay, I will. That was uh, what I watched. I will play to your strengths from now on. Though. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Um, I right. hope Chris Pratt really gets Swifty with that role. There you go. There now you go. I can fully understand and enjoy. And yeah. finally, Madonna. She was going to be directing her own biopic. She picked Julie Garner to star as herself, but she is on a world tour. And so that is on pause at the moment. So yeah, we'll have to see what comes of that. It always seems like a, a very fascinating, strange idea that I don't know. Madonna still does shows come to fruition, but yes, apparently she is going on world tours and is deciding to put her biopic on pause. She's she 64. Figure out an ending to it. She is. She sure is. There's no way. I mean, there are a bunch of people, I mean, older than her that are still touring. Like all those old legacy bands. Yeah, but. The rock bands. I mean. Not in the outfits she wears. I mean, my <laughs> God. She's 64. I mean, that's true. I mean, she, she stayed fit, but I mean, my God. Yeah, so we'll could you well actually you know what you're right i mean i went and saw acdc and the dude's still wearing a schoolboy outfit at 60 something mm-hmm. so you know what power to her there you go all right we can move on to our box office breakdown for january 20th to the 22nd still in first place avatar the way of water it's sixth week on top it made 20 million bringing its domestic total to over 600 million and officially passing $2 billion. It has joined the illustrious $2 billion club, and it makes it Jim Cameron's third entry into the $2 billion club, which, of course, only has six entries. So my man is king of the world when it comes to the box office. He's half of them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. After that was Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, with $11.8 million. That is a very strong hold. It's only an 18% drop from the previous weekend. Good for the cat with the fancy footwear. Indeed. In third place, Megan, with $9 million. So it's fallen behind Puss in Boots, despite coming out more recently. However, still having a very impressive run. $73 million domestic so far. After that was the uh, computer screen style thriller, Missing, made $9 million. Uh, little, little, it's all right, I guess. Not not too not too great. Well, it's over it's about what, what we our predictions were. Yeah, it was that is true. Over. You're right. You're right. It is uh, over. It exceeded expectations, so good for them. Yeah, uh, but they weren't great expectations. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I mean, all things considered, it did. Pretty pretty okay. A uh, man called Otto, eight point eight million, still doing amazing for an adult drama with Tom uh, Hanks. Tom Hanks, good I mean, for Tom. Still Hanks. a draw, yeah. 
Always will be. After that was Plain, the Gerard Butler thriller with five million. House Party with one point six million. Bummer. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, the movie Scarlet Bond, one point five million. <laughs> Fantastic. You want me to read that title. one more time? Please do. I think we need another one. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, the movie Scarlet Bond. Amazing. Did you go check out that film? I mean, you needed to know how he got reincarnated as a slime. I, uh, I'll be honest with you, Ryan. I did not. <laughs> I did not uh, go and see it. Yeah. Didn't support the uh, the film of our time. Yeah. T-T-I-G-R-A-S-T-M-S-P. After that, we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever with 1.3 million. And then finally, Brendan Fraser and Aronofsky's The Whale with 1.2 million. And it's another soft weekend upcoming. Going to be dominated by The Holdovers, but the new releases Infinity Pool and Fear. Infinity Pool being Brandon Cronenberg's new film, and then Fear being some other horror film that I honestly know nothing about. Yep. But these two, what are you thinking? Sub five million? I think Infinity Pool can draw eight. Hmm. I don't. I'm. I'm not too sure. I think it may not be in. Wide I think release, in the. So. Yeah, but in those art house stuff, they they love the Cronenbergs. I think, and also it's got some pretty big stars attached to it. I think it can pull eight. Okay. Wow. What about fear? I'm also oh fear sub five really really okay. down at the bottom because I haven't heard of it until now I'll be honest with you me too but I will say I'm predicting on our next top our next box office breakdown in the top ten I think we're gonna see some of those uh, Oscar re releases pop up maybe a little true. Top Gun Maverick coming back possibly definitely possibly either this weekend or the next films. weekend I think they're gonna start popping up in the top ten again because nothing else coming out. That is true. I mean, yeah, the bottom like four all were yeah. under two million. So I'm sure exactly. the Oscar bump will. I think Tom Cruise can beat that. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. And speaking of the Oscar films, let's do our Oscar draft update. The nominations came out recently. And as we do now every year, we select films to go onto our roster. And we get one point for each nomination that a film gets. And then when the ceremony happens, it's three points for every win that one of our films gets. And so this year, we have quite an interesting turn of events compared to last year. First, we'll just start out with what the Best Picture nominations are. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Filmin's Tar, Top Gun. Triangle Sadness, and Women Talking. So those are the 10. And we're not going to go through like every single nomination. We'll save that for our predictions episode. But in terms of the draft itself, here's how those things are shaking out. For me, I had Babylon, Women Talking, Top Gun Maverick, Tar, and Elvis. And Babylon had three. Women Talking had two. Top Gun Maverick had six. Tar had six nominations, and Elvis, leading the way for my films, had eight nominations. So I have a total of 21 points from the nominations alone. 25. Did I not say that? You said 21. Oh. <laughs> I should have let you have it. I, you want 21? You have 21. Well, 25 is written down, but yeah. you know, I was just, I had Drake and 21 Savage in my head, apparently. Oh, of course. My, my apologies. <laughs> uh, can you do something for me? Uh, all right. How about you with your nominations, which I it was had, a good night for you. Oh, yeah. I had The Fablemans with seven nominations, Avatar with four, surprisingly low. Everything Ever Well at Once coming up at the top with 11 nominations, Banshees of Inisherin with nine, and The Whale with three, with a total of 34 points. Woo! <laughs> I'm three wins ahead of you, which is killer. You sure are. So... Yeah, a great night for you. It's still possible for me to come ahead and win, but it is going to be extremely tough. So I have some other fun facts about mm-hmm. the draft and the nominations, how they all shook out. So 
in the Best Picture race. Four four films from each of our roster ended up in the Best Picture category. Every single film that we drafted in our roster earned at least one nomination. Thank God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Fucking, fucking, uh, what was the Wes Anderson one from last year? French Dispatch. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Come on, Zero. Come on. Yeah, you also had Last Duel, which also got zero. Yeah, <laughs> fuck this. This is so bullshit. That, that was tragic for Last you. Last year was such bullshit. Fucking Dune. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going with your fun facts. So only one category is made up entirely of films that we drafted. That is the best editing category. Last year we had a couple, I think, production design and cinematography were included in there. But this year, only best editing is the one only that best we collectively dominated. Um, after that... Every eligible category had at least one film from one roster. So at least one of our films is represented every single category that it possibly could have been. And that was, mm-hmm. again, not the case last year. So overall, I mean, our picks, we did much better. It also makes sense because we did our draft later. So we had better ideas of the films that were going to make waves and those that were going to drop off in quality. Um, and then, you know, further for the award season. But still, we did a lot better this time. Yeah. Um, uh, curious little fun fact. I had the same amount of points after nominations last year as I did this year. 25. And I still dominated you. That is true. Woo! Although, as another fun fact, <laughs> you and I both exceeded your total from last year post-ceremony. Fuck. Because <laughs> you, you got... I think it was 22 points total is what you got. Yeah, last year was bad. Yeah. Don't even get me started. (laughs) So this year, you're in much better shape, leading the way, of course. Much better, much better. Um, And then a couple films that were heavy hitters in terms of nominations that we did not draft. All Quiet on the Western Front with nine, Mm. and Black Panther with five. All Quiet's a surprise. I mean, that came out of nowhere. I know. It really dominated a lot of the tech categories and even... I mean, it's gotten Best Picture, got in... Um, best Writing best Adapted. Adapted, exactly. So, yeah, it did really well. Um, but, yeah. So, overall, let's take stock of where we are with the Oscar draft. Mm-hmm. Are you confident that you're going to win this year with the Oscar? I am so fucking confident. Are you kidding me? Come on, bro. <laughs> I am so confident. I'm going to win. What about you? Are you confident? I'm not that confident. I think it's <laughs> clear that you are leading the way. And then also you're in the enviable position of having all three frontrunners be your films. So yeah, you it's have like a guaranteed four wins. Yeah. So I need to not only make up four wins, but then three, on top three more that. on top of that. Yeah. You can get Which, seven wins. It is possible. It, oh, it's 100% come on. Possible. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, hey, you sound I'm like me you last it. year. You sound <laughs> like me with the box office draft both years. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, crazier things have happened. So we'll see. I mean, similar to the box office drafts, I always come in clutch at the very end. So hopefully, in the tech categories, if I can get a nice, clean Best sweep. Best picture goes all to those Elvis. Tests, that'd be crazy so yeah yeah that i mean talking maverick i mean yeah there is a world where that stuff could happen but nope no it's very likely that the above the line stuff will largely go to you it's just whether or not i can win all the techs but the issue is films like all quiet on the western front i mean it's gonna be a heavy hitter so yeah yeah we'll see we will see and then in terms of other crazy surprises or major snubs from the Oscars, did you hear this whole thing about Andrea Riseborough? I did. I heard about it last night from Fernando. You know how really? much money? Okay, so Andrea Riseborough has been nominated for Best Actress for a movie called Two Leslie. Do you know how much money Two Leslie made at the box office? Uh, $2 million. It made, and I'm not shitting you, I'm looking at it right now, I'll read it to you. <laughs> $27,000 and $322. $27,000 at the box That's office. Crazy. Crazy. 
was it a streaming movie and then they just I don't think so. I think, it, I think it just went to very small art house things and then some uh, uh what's it called festivals and then they didn't get a wide release or nearly a wide release. They didn't even get like a small release. It only played in probably like a few theaters in the right. in the entire year. Who could have fucking seen this movie to nominate her? Who the fuck saw it? I don't know. It's crazy. Here's the thing though. I heard about like a few days before the ceremony, I heard people discussing this Andrea Riseborough thing because apparently a bunch of celebrities, Edward Norton, Gwen the Paltrow, all these people were shouting her out and saying, she's got a great film. Like her performance is one of the best I've ever seen. So people were drawing attention before the ceremony itself to the like weird sudden Oscars campaign that was going on for Andrea yeah. Riseborough. But everyone was like, oh, it's funny, but it's not going to work. Like it's too late. No one saw that film. There's no way she's getting into best actress out of nowhere for that. Yeah. And then she did. She got nominated yeah. out of nowhere. And now they are the Oscars are investigating. Yeah. Beat out Danielle Deadweiler. But beat out Viola Davis. Beat, beat out, out Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. <laughs> I mean, my God. I mean, yeah, it is insane that that happened. So they're gonna see if anything anything weird was going on any it's got to be some weird campaigning some but, weird campaigning shit had to have happened yeah i Buying doubt they'll end up like taking back the nomination or anything it was probably just a really sudden burst of attention going her way and then maybe i don't know like a calculated campaign of getting dinners and screenings with important people and then everyone's like oh Andrew rise bro they just have that name in mind and then they go to vote for it but, yeah, but wow, twenty seven thousand dollars at the box office. I know you that guys two million, two million. Yeah, it's I just oh my goodness, that is phenomenal. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe she could end up winning, which would be disastrous for my chances at <laughs> overcoming you because I need would be Blanchett to win. Hilarious. So I need Michelle Yao to win. <laughs> well, you don't need her to win, but. I can't I wait for us to do our Oscar episode. It's going to be so much fun talking about who we want to win. What an interesting yeah, episode that'll be. Because what an interesting year of nominations it has been. Oh, uh, It's going to be sure great has. to get into that. But for now, for the time being, let's look to the future. And let's talk about our most anticipated movies for this upcoming year, 2023. I want you to start us off this time. Hit me with some honorable mentions. All movies right. that didn't make your top 10 that you're still looking forward to, even though they weren't quite up there. Yeah. So, of course, looking forward to many, many films, far more than the 15 that I've selected for my top 10 and then the honorable mentions. But I'm thinking at this point right now, the stuff that excites me or that I have looked up, their release date to see when is it coming out because I want to watch it or there's just something about it that piques my interest and makes me very curious or fascinated about it. That's what I'm going off of. And so... Some of these mentions you might be surprised about, but if I'm not feeling that urge that I would want to go see it tomorrow, if mm -hmm. I could, then it didn't get into the top 10 or into the honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. um, so just to call out some of these films in my honorable mentions, I have Maestro, okay. the Bradley Cooper film. Um, so, you know, with, composers being all the rage lately with tar i think this has become an even more interesting film to look at um, mm -hmm. but certainly it has been a major project for him and it's it's a biopic on leonard bernstein right mm -hmm. yeah so and he's is cooper starring in it as well or is he just in the director's chair he's he is leonard bernstein there you go so we're gonna have a major performance to look for and then a major directorial effort as well so certainly one to be on the lookout for, possibly one to be on the lookout for for the Oscars draft next year. Yeah, so for sure. It'll be fascinating to see how that film develops. You know what's the, funny? I saw, I, I was reading lists of like most anticipated movies of the year to like get an idea of what was coming out. And mm -hmm. one of them was Maestro. And the, the reason was, what is it? And it's like, it's a biopic for Lydia Tarr's mentor. And bro, <laughs> I, it was so funny. I almost burst out laughing. I did burst out laughing. I was like, oh my God. What an mm -hmm. obscure, a slightly obscure film person reference. Yeah. It's nice of them to give the mentor a biopic after Lydia Tarr got her amazing biopic. Yeah. God bless her. 
God bless her soul. I wonder Keep what going. she's up to. You think she's still doing game? Yeah, I think she's still in the Philippines. She's got to be, right? Could you imagine if that's where Kate Blanchett was <laughs> instead of the Golden Globe? She's still composing in the Philippines. Right. Still staying in character. That'd be amazing. Dude, Just what like, if she's the conductor at the Oscars? Oh, that'd be so good. That would be a great bit. That'd that be would fantastic. be a really good bit. And then she starts yelling at them. She pushes down whoever is the conductor and takes. Oh my god! She tackles them. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Maestro, first honorable mention. The next one, Iron Claw. This one. Oh, is, you that know can't about this be one? an honorable mention. I thought that was going to be in your top ten. Look, if there were more information for it or more footage or anything like that, but for now, I'm very curious about it. I mean, it's starring Zac Efron and a whole bunch of other. Uh, folks in there as the Von Eric family, the you know tragic wrestling family of many many decades ago. So it's a story, obviously, I'm very interested in because it's about wrestling. Yeah, um, the fact I that it would be like top five. Nah, again, I, I just want I needed more more glimpses at what they're going for here. But right mm-hmm. now, it's me just being fascinated, looking at it from afar. Definitely going to see it, but. You know, I'm, I'm wondering what's going to be. But it's H24. And they got Zach Efron in a more dramatic role in there. So certainly it's on the list. All right. We have Rebel Moon. Zack Snyder's space epic with Netflix that is coming out at the very end of the year. Zack Snyder built up a lot of goodwill with his Justice League cut. And then he destroyed all of that with Army of the Dead, the zombie movie. That was not good at all. But I am into sci-fi, space opera, stuff like that. It does seem like he's just leaning into his wheelhouse, which is very stylized spectacle action. So I'm looking forward to that. My next honorable mention, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, sure, yeah. This is not in the top 10. I would have expected it to be at some point, but the trailer has been released. Mm-hmm. Dylan, I'm gonna be honest. I still have not seen that. That's fine. You're not. Mi- you're literally not missing anything, which is not great. Like the anticipation should be bubbling up and getting even higher, especially after the first trailers release. But I just have no urge for whatever reason. Like I'm definitely gonna see it. I'm sure it'll be really yeah. good. Um, like I want to see how the story ends, how all those characters are sent off. But I'm not itching for it. Yeah, it's not there. Yeah. And then finally, which may also come as a surprise. Spider-Verse across... Oh, wait. Is it just Spider-Man across Spider-Verse? That's what, yeah. Not in the top 10? Not in the top 10. Again, what? The itch just isn't Are there. you crazy? First film was great. It's fantastic. Are you insane? <laughs> but this one is more of just... I have seen the trailer. And I'll be honest, it didn't bump up my anticipation it sort of you lowered it are killing me here it lowered it a bit i just gotta be You're honest I mean, killing me here. i'm surprised as much as you are but for a reason i don't know there's just a lot going on in those trailers there's a lot of spider-man characters that they're throwing into the mix yeah. i'm very awesome. interested in how they're going to pull it off but i'm just wondering is it too much going on are they going to be able to juggle all that so you I'm, sir are a madman <laughs> I'm lowering my expectations. I think, I don't know. We'll see. I'd love to be proven wrong, but it's got a high bar, especially following Into the Spider-Verse. So, and it no longer has an element of being a nice surprise because no one expected, I think, Into the Spider-Verse to be fantastic. No, they did not. But I will say this as well. When I saw the trailer for Into the Spider-Verse, I also thought, that looks stupid. Not going to work. And it absolutely did. So maybe this will be the same thing of now knowing what they were able to accomplish but then seeing that they're throwing so much into the mix, once again, I'm doubting them a bit. But they could prove me wrong yet again. So I'll look forward to that. But What just- does it take to earn your faith, Ryan? <laughs> if not a masterpiece, then what? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's hard to capture lightning twice in a bottle. So we will see if they can do it. But those are my honorable mentions. What about yours? Ah, right, here we go. I am, I'm going to have some surprises in here for you, too. Okay. A lot of big budget stuff. Uh, Indiana Jones 5. Wow. I'm Outside excited. of your top 10, that is pretty surprising. I'm, I mean, you're I'm the indie guy. To it. Come on. But after that trailer, not <laughs> yeah. super pumped. Mm-hmm. Excited, not super pumped. 
I will watch it when it comes out. I might, I'm not going to be the first one in line, but I won't be the last. Next, this one's really going to surprise you. Oppenheimer. Wow. Yeah. Pretty surprising. I'm very excited for it. It was, it's probably number 11. It's just, it's not as exciting as all the rest of them, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I've lost a little faith in Chris Nolan ever since Tenet, but since seeing the trailer, I do believe that he has what it takes to earn me over again. I think it will work. I trust him with Oppenheimer. Also, not a big biopic guy. You know that. Very much. But, (laughs) but, I mean, Chris Nolan setting off atomic bombs. I'm game. I'll be there. Stacked cast. Mm -hmm. Killian Murphy killing it. Killying it. Yes, sir. I'll be there. I'll be there. Uh, Next one. This is definitely going to be in your top 10. Dune Part 2. Oh, yes. Just didn't quite make the list. It would probably be number 12. I really liked the first Dune. I had a good time. But Mm -hmm. uh, was not super blown away by it. Uh, I will be there for the second one, though. I will see how it goes. I have not read that part of the book yet. (laughs) That's where I left off in the book. So at some point, I have to pick the book up again this year so I can finish the second half of the book in time for the movie. When does the movie come out? October again? Yes. Yeah. Actually, I think I, it might be November, like early November. But yeah, say, around the same time. I got, I got plenty of time. I'll be fine. I got plenty of time. I will read it. Uh, the Killer, which is the David Fincher thriller with Michael Fassbender. It's basically, it's, it's adapting a French graphic novel, I think. It's David Fincher. He's making a serial killer movie based on a graphic novel with Michael Fassbender. Of course, I'm excited. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. Don't know enough about it to quite put it in the top 10. And I will say I've not been blown away by the last few David Fincher things. Except for Mindhunter. Mindhunter is amazing. 10 out of 10 recommend. After that, The Iron Claw. I'm excited. I mean, come on. It's wrestling. I figured it'd be saying. in your top 10 and in my honorable mentions. But, I mean, hey, I guess you and I both are about equally excited, I suppose. Probably not. I mean, you got to be more excited than me. It's wrestling. Come on. A24 I mean, wrestling. Yeah, it is super cool. I agree. Come on. It's going to be good. I'll like it. I'm excited for Zac Efron to do something like super serious. That'll be fun to watch. And then the last one is And by Yorgos Lanthimos. I know That's nothing the about the movie. Yep. <laughs> the title is And. <laughs> Nobody knows anything about it. It's got Emma Stone, Jesse Plemons, Ooh. and Willem Dafoe. So it's got a pretty stacked cast. Sure I does. don't have any facts about what the fucking story is. <laughs> I know fucking nothing about it. Nobody knows anything about it. And odds are it probably might not get released this year. We'll see. I think he's already done filming it, but I'm not sure. But we will see when it comes out, I guess. I'm still excited for it. Nice. Still looking forward to it. Hopefully it'll be a good time. Good stuff. Okay. Now we can jump into the top 10 and beginning my list. Number 10, leave the world behind. You heard of this? Oh, shit. You're excited for that? I am. You got Sam Esmail, the man behind Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. We got Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke in the cast. I mean, that's very tantalizing. You love Mahershala Ali. Yes, sir. And then the psycholog- uh can I speak? Psychological <laughs> is the word thriller of a family vacation that's interrupted by a mysterious blackout that sort of approach i'm just into like i i like that stuff like a some quaint setting like a family vacation then gets disrupted and then everything just gets flipped upside down that sounds very appealing to me and it being sam esmail that is also very appealing so leave the world behind when i heard of it i was like ooh. I instantly looked up the release date to see when it's coming. It's at the end of the year, which sucks. But mm-hmm. yeah, I will definitely be there to watch it when it does come out. Yeah. All right, number nine. I'm surprised this wasn't on your top 10 list, but it is on mine. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You're super pumped. Just like you, the the trailers did not blow the roof off the place for me. I wasn't amazed, but... I am interested. There are a few elements to it that I really enjoyed. Like we talked about before, like that ending. Um, Yeah, I do think it does capture some of that feeling. I'm excited to see what they do with it to Mm -hmm. bring Harrison Ford back into it. Although again, Harrison Ford's in his 
joining Marvel out of nowhere era. So yeah, maybe he was like, let me just get Start another check and shows go. era. Yeah. Reprise Indiana Jones. But hopefully he was enticed by there being a really strong story at the core of it. James Mangold, who did Logan. So we know that he's able to take characters at the twilight of their lives and give a really nice send off. And so hopefully the same will happen here for Indiana Jones. It also, I don't know if there's going to be any movie that is reminiscent of Top Gun Maverick of that legacy sequel, bring back these old characters, some iconic figure from the eighties. I feel like this will be the one that can do it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Again, we'll see the trailer didn't, you know, again, blow me away, but it didn't completely squash my uh, my anticipation for it. So I'm so excited. Yeah, sure. Number eight, Blue Beetle. Oh, I yeah. I mentioned it quite a lot. I'm always singing his praises. I like Shilomar Juena, the Miguel from Cobra Kai. I like the character, Jaime Reyes. I like the basic concept of the Blue Beetle, like the scarab alien thing that comes down and takes hold. Mm. I'm just very excited and hopeful for this film again i think they should approach it like it's the dc version of spider-man um and yeah i just think it will hopefully be a nice fun blockbuster superhero film mm-hmm. and i'm still into that i know you're fatigued i wonder if I'm any so fatigued any superhero film will end up in your list but Fucking ones not. like this where you know i know another character so much and i was getting live action adaptation i mean that's still pulls me in so and it didn't get axed like batgirl did so that means there's some confidence there in it which means for me i'm hoping that it's going to be quite good so blue beetle Mm -hmm. my eighth spot after that in number seven maxine oh wow yeah it's a ty west's trilogy uh x and pearl and now we have maxine rounding it all off. Mia Goth is just incredible. She's fantastic. You still haven't seen these movies, right? still haven't seen them. I can't find them anywhere. You got to. I'll rent them. And especially for Mia Goth, because her performance in both of the films, Mm -hmm. in so many different ways, is phenomenal. She is a total star, so she should be getting a lot of work after this. Um, But yeah, she's going to lead the way with Maxine. I believe she's also the co-writer on this, like she was on Pearl. So again, she's like very involved in the process. Um, and yeah, just giving this interesting little character study horror slasher series, getting that conclusion is something I'm quite interested in. So Maxine, I they still haven't given a release date yet, but it will come out this year and I will be there mm-hmm. in the theater. And finally, number six for this batch, it is Napoleon which oh, allegedly is coming out in 2023. We'll see about that. But Ridley Scott, Joaquin Phoenix reuniting after Gladiator, after mm-hmm. Long Last, for yeah. another historical epic. Oh, this yeah. time a character study of a great historical figure. And it being Napoleon Bonaparte. I mean, come on. I mean, you better Sign have a few duels, right? You know, That's what I'm saying. That checks all there. the boxes. I am very much excited for it. I think they'll be able to pull it off. It'll be <laughs> unlike... House of Gucci and Last Duel, which we thought was going to be big behemoths at the Oscars. This when one, we I think, all, will definitely do that. When we were all hanging out of my house, Lillian goes, oh my God, House of Gucci, I haven't seen it. Can we watch it? And I was like, <laughs> it's kind of bad. And she was like, yeah, but it's fun to watch bad movies. Put it on. We put it on. And dude, within like 10 minutes, she was like, oh, this is the bad kind of bad. Like, this is boring <laughs> kind of bad. And I was like, yeah. And I, it's two hours and 40 minutes long. And I sat through the whole thing with Ryan in the theater. Could you imagine? Could you imagine how terrible it was? What an experience we had that day. For sure. I don't think I've ever torn into a movie harder than I've torn into House of Gucci. And then I put it on again in my house. And I was reminded of how goddamn awful it is. (laughs) It's so bad. But hey, Ridley Scott at least proved that same year with Last Duel. He still got it. Especially with the historical epics. So Napoleon is that. So hopefully we'll avoid the, the Italian disaster, House of Gucci. We will yep. get an amazing historical epic with Napoleon. Yep. All right, my turn. We're going to start off with number 10, 
The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. What heard in the world this? is that? No. This is a Wes Anderson film oh, adapted okay. from a Roald Dahl book, just like Fantastic Mr. Fox. And it's starring Rafe Fiennes, Rupert Friend, Dev Patel, Richard Ayode, Ben Kingsley, and Henry Sugar himself, Benedict Cumberbatch. And probably an even more sex cast that has not been released yet. I have no idea. Oh, the only thing that I know about it is that it chronicles a variety of stories, but the main one follows Henry Sugar, who is able to see through objects and predict the future with the help of a book he stole. I've never read this book. I've never read the story by Roald Dahl. I don't know anything about it. But I mean, come on. It's Wes Anderson, and he's adapting another Roald Dahl, Dahl book. It's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be so mm-hmm. fucking good. I'm so fucking pumped. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love it. Fantastic Mr. Fox, one of my favorite films. It's up on the wall. Oh, my God. It's so good, and I can't wait for him to adapt this. I don't know if it's going to be live action or animated, but we'll see. I don't care. It's going to be great either way. Super excited. And it's – you're sure it's coming out 2023? It says 2023. We will see if it actually gets released this year, but as of right now, 2023. Nice. Number nine. Who's bound to be on here? John Wick 4. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I expected that for you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm so, so excited. The trailer got released, right? I know I've seen it. I had to have. I, 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 know released, it did, yes. yeah, I, I mean, did I've see seen it. it so yeah. It looks great. It looks so good. That's right. I remember it now. It looks so good. Bill Skarsgård is going to be so good in it. Oh, my God. It's going to be one big duel. Ooh. Ooh. It's, it's just... Even before a trailer, before a poster, before a title, before anything, John Wick 4 was going to be on this top 10. I mean, you just can't beat John Wick in terms of action. I mean, you just can't. It's just so fucking good. Number eight. Poor Things. Another movie by Yorgos Lanthimos that is coming out this year. That's what I was thinking, because when you said and, I was like, what? And I was thinking, did they rename Poor Things? I did research into it. I did research into it. Poor Things is an adaptation of a book. Okay. And is an original story. So I'm fairly certain that they're two separate movies that he's releasing in the same year. And they have the exact same cast. They they both have Margaret Qualley, Emma Stone, and Willem Dafoe in it. So I think he just doubled up in the same way that Ridley Scott did two years ago and just Uh made two movies while he could. Interesting. That is Poor things I'm excited for more because I actually know the fucking plot of it. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck and is about. I know nothing about it, but I'm excited for it. Poor things I'm very excited for. I mean, it's it's Emma Stone, and she has the brain of her unborn child surgically implanted into her own brain by her father, mm-hmm. who's Willem Dafoe. Goodness. That's pretty epic. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Yeah. It sounds wild. It sounds weird. It sounds quirky. It reminds me a little bit more like the lobster kind of Yorgos Lanthimos instead of the favorite. But it's mm-hmm. Victorian England, so it's kind of going to be like the favorite. Very pumped. Very excited for that. Number seven. Nice. Bo is afraid. I, I was anticipating that too for you. You can't. I mean, I can't help it. I mean, Ari Aster, master of the craft. Joaquin Phoenix, master of the craft. Put them together. Masters of the craft. <laughs> gonna make a movie that is just the master of the craft i mean it's just gonna be the best it's i don't i don't know anything about it either i've seen the trailer i still don't know anything about it i have no (laughs) idea what's gonna happen in it true all i know is that he's like a movie producer or something and he's just like spiraling i guess and it's supposed to be like a dark comedy thriller horror thing i believe he can do it i'm excited for it uh i wish i knew more i don't i don't care i don't need to know more i mean after hereditary and midsummer both I'm I'm ready for anything Ari Aster throws my way. Anything. I will be there to just gobble it up because it's just going to be so good. Nice. Number six. I said uh, I said you can't out-action John Wick 4. That was oh, a lie. You sure can't. That was a lie. Number six. Mission Impossible Dead there Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That trailer's so good. Oh, my God. I mean, talk about, like, the epitome of spy thriller. Mission Impossible has gotten so good over the last eight years. It's crazy. Remember when, when, when fucking, uh, what was it? A Ghost Protocol came out and we were like, oh, Mission Impossible is doing something new now and it's kind of cooler. This is interesting. And then it just got 
well, Rogue Nation wasn't that good. But then it just got better and then better and then better. Oh, my God. And then now we've got Dead Reckoning. Oh, my God. It's going to be so good. Tom Cruise jumping motorcycles off cliffs, doing car chases and gunfights. I mean, I'm, I'm shaking just thinking about it. Oh, my God. Ah, just the epitome of action. <laughs> I just, just thinking about it, it gets me really excited. I'm so pumped. For sure. I mean, it's going to be just the trailer's so good. It's so good. Every time I see it in theaters, I'm more and more excited for it. I just want to watch it. I just want to watch it right now. I want to skip the wait. Of all the movies on this list, if I could pick one to watch right now, it would be Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Just wow. for the sheer awesomeness of it. So excited. High praise in anticipation yes. for Mission Impossible. Absolutely. It's number seven in the series, right? That uh, is seven, number eight. seven or eight. One, two, three, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, uh, Fallout. Fallout. Yeah, so, yeah seven, seven. Dead Reckoning. There you go. My going to our five through two, my number five is The Flash. And here's no, why. Oh, fucking here's no. Why. No! This has to be one of the best superhero films ever. If they're still holding on to this thing, the whole Ezra Miller situation, they just kept their mouths quiet and they just said, we're keeping it after Batgirls getting destroyed and they're doing all this stuff to write off films on, you know, for tax purposes. They keep the flash. I mean, all this stuff that should be tanking this film and they're still going to release that thing in theaters. What did they cook up for that? It has to just be a total banger. Also, we're going to get to see Michael Keaton come back as Batman. So yeah. that is very exciting to me. And but number five? What they were doing. I'm telling you, I mean, just the feeling that it had of like, I am so curious as to, and we still haven't gotten like a genuine trailer yet, but even still, I'm so curious of what do they got in this film that they're so confident in it they want to put this thing out there for the world to see and go through a crazy press junket of Ezra Miller maybe not being a part of it or maybe is and then he has to screen all these questions about his behavior and all that like if they're willing to go through that and sit possibly Michael Keaton down in the same room as Ezra Miller I'm just fascinated by what they got it's got to be a total bang so for me that curiosity factor is what makes me want to see this film. Mm-hmm. Number five, The Flash. Number four is kind of a cheat, but the reason I'm so excited is because of their pairing together, Oppenheimer and Barbie. You fucking cheater. The double feature of this You're century. a cheater. This is, I'm saying they're a package deal. I'm not going to go see Oppenheimer without Barbie. I'm not going to see Barbie without Oppenheimer. They are one. You're going to see them back to back. Point. Yes, we got to. I'm going to make you do it, too. You and I are going to go, and we're going to watch them back-to-back in theaters. It's the only way to do it. That's all okay, you have I'll to go. do. Yeah, that actually sounds kind of fun. Greta Which Gering, one's first, though? Which one's first? I don't know. That We'll have to see. Maybe we flip a coin or something. Yeah, I was going to say, flip a coin sounds like the only... You watch <laughs> one first, and I'll it. watch the other one first, and then we'll switch. <laughs> and we decide which, which experience was better. Right. How long is Oppenheimer? Have they given like a, a runtime yet? I feel like it's gonna be long. I don't know, but you're right. It probably is gonna be over two yeah, hours. Yeah, they haven't given a release time. Could you imagine it was a three hour movie? And probably. then we go watch Barbie for two hours. <laughs> That'd be an epic day. But I'm in for it. I mean, come on. Christopher Nolan, Greta Gerwig, head to head. That I mean, it's just too good. So that right. day smack dab in the middle of summer, it'll be It'll be a great day. I'll let you have it. I'll let you cheat. Thank you. Thank you. Cheater. All right. My number three, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Yes! (laughs) And for very obvious reasons, all the ones you said, but also at 60-some years old, I think he is in the 60s now. Oh, my God. Thomas Cruz. He's my dad's age. Yeah, he's 64. He's Madonna's age. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, Madonna can wear all those clothes on stage in a world tour. Because she knows somewhere out there, Tom Cruise is jumping off a cliff and parachuting down. So she's like, at least I'm not the craziest 60-year-old out there. So Fair enough. Tom Cruise, I mean, he is <laughs> he's making 60 the new 30, and he's making action just the peak it can be at this point. Oh, my God, yes. 
a breath of fresh air in all the CGI laden blockbusters that we're getting. So he's doing it for real. He's bringing back legitimate sons. So excited, doing it himself. It's fantastic. So Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. You and I got to go opening night first showing. You and I got to get tickets and go for sure. Oh my god, let's do it opening night. Oh my god, yes, first right. And Pack then, theater, AMC, Dolby. Oh my god, we got to do it for sure. That'll be fantastic. And do then, so oh my gosh, and then we get the message in front of Tom Cruise thanking us personally for saving cinema and coming into the theaters. And and then he jumps out of it. a plane. <laughs> yeah, he speaks to us as he's on the plane. Thank yeah, you so that. much for supporting this. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. We're filming Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part Two, and then he jumps out of a plane. <laughs> exactly. That'll be so amazing. And then. My number two film. You knew it. I knew it. Everyone knew it going into it. Yeah. Dune part two. Of course. I thought it'd be number one, honestly. Now I'm there's a a, another film taking that, but for sure, Dune mm. getting as close as it can. I very much enjoyed the first one. I, during our Dune roundtable, I defended it passionately because apparently mm. I was one of the few that did enjoy it. Um, but, I mean, I liked it. I liked it. You didn't I thought like it was a it, good yeah. adaptation. I just wasn't blown away. I mean, yeah, everyone was pretty lukewarm on it. But yeah. I very much enjoyed that theatrical experience. Denis Villeneuve, I mean, he's just got it. He just does. He can create an atmosphere, create a world. Him and Hans Zimmer, the whole cast, which was stacked. And we're going to get more of that cast. And Dale will actually be in it for more than five minutes. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> so that'll be nice. We're getting Florence Pugh, Austin Butler. So it'll be Austin Butler playing a, a space alien from the he's Fade Rotha, right? Yeah. He's gonna play Fade Rotha, but with Elvis's voice. I mean Fade Rotha does have <laughs> like those Elvis touches, so it could you work. Come in here. He comes into the moment. Oh. <laughs> the Hawkins. We got a cue. You think you can take us down? Hey also treaties. Baron. <laughs> I can go out there. I will bring you his head. He will be dead, dead, dead. Oh. <laughs> That'd be so good. So, yeah. Dune Part 2. Looking forward to it. It'll be fantastic. And then hopefully it'll allow us to get a third film, Dune Messiah. Because I'm also looking forward to that very much. So, Dune Part 2. Yeah, it seems like we're setting up to finish out that conclusion. Yeah. Like thematically wise. Given it a trilogy, should. it'll be nice. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. My turn. Number five. How do you live? Hayao Miyazaki's final film. Oh, yes. I did hear about that from Alessandro. A, a, <laughs> a film about his death to his grandson before he's even dead. How tragically heartbreaking is that? His we know it's his final film. He hasn't made a movie in so long. I'm so excited. It's going to be so beautiful. It's going to be so well thought out. Oh, my God. It's going to be good. <laughs> I am very, very excited for that specifically. Yeah, if I knew, I had totally forgotten about that. But that would be on the list for sure. I can't believe you didn't put it on the list. I thought that was going to be your number one. Now I don't even know what your number one is. I have no idea. I'm looking at the list that I have. I mean, you could probably figure it out. But, yeah, that one... I just, it totally slipped my mind, but that is something to look forward to for sure. Absolutely. Number four, Barbie. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be very, very good. I love Greta Gerwig. The trailer's so good looking. I mean, it's so funny when they do the the Dawn of Man sequence and it's just mm -hmm. Margot Robbie as Barbie. It's fantastic. Uh, I love the stylism of it. I love the dancing. I love Ryan Gosling's entire look as, as Ken. And just... The story, the story that I always hear is that Ryan Gosling got the script and he agreed to do it because he said it was the greatest script he had ever read. Barbie. Barbie was the greatest <laughs> script he had ever read. Great. And I, I believe him. I believe that he's correct and I need to see how. I need to see how. And I'm very excited to see how. It's gonna be it's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be like a like a fifties musical, colorful blocks and all kinds of things. She's gonna outdo Damien Chazelle, I'm calling it. <laughs> She's gonna outdo La La Land. About that, but no, I am I'm betting it. Interested to see what she's gonna do with it, because yeah, that is high praise coming from the man who starred in La La Land. So yeah, 
God, show. I'm very excited. I never thought I'd be excited for the live action Barbie movie. <laughs> I never thought I'd be number four, but God, I'm so excited. I know that's what, you put that over Oppenheimer. <laughs> I did. Like and that's I the ahead of Oppenheimer. Yeah. That too. That is crazy. Number three, Asteroid City. The other Wes Anderson. I the was, other Wes Anderson movie. This, yep. At number 10, I was like, am I just insane or something? Yep. Like, isn't Asteroid City Wes Anderson? So he's got this two coming one, out. Yep. This one is about a junior stargazing convention that takes a sudden turn based on uh, based on like world events, which is the only thing we know about. It. We know nothing about it. But it's got a stacked cast. Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, Hong Chow, Edward Norton, Brian Cranston, Scarlett Johansson, Hope Davis, Steve Carell, Maya Hawke, Willem Dafoe, Tony Revolori, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton, Rupert Friend, Jeff Goldblum, Sophia Lillis, Matt Dillon, Fisher Stevens, just so many people. Co-written by Roman Coppola, in addition to Wes Anderson, who I don't think has joined him on writing a script in a very, like, well, oh, you know, wait, no, he produced The French Dispatch. I don't think he wrote jack shit on it, though. <laughs> I can check real quick. No, he didn't. He helped write The French Dispatch, which is surprising. I should have known that. And I guess he did a couple other things, but he hasn't, like, written consistently with Wes Anderson in a while, so it's exciting to see him start making a comeback, because I do, like, when Roman Coppola writes with him. Last one he wrote that was live action was Moonrise Kingdom, which I really enjoy. And Darjeeling Limited, which I really don't. But <laughs> very excited to see his return. Very excited to see this sort of new environment. It's going to be like a Southwest kind of in the middle of the desert kind of thing. Stargazing convention. That's exciting. I'm excited. It's like the 1950s kind of, I think. I'm excited to see him put his style to a new like location, you know? He's done it all. He's done like the new the city of New York, like a family in the city of New York. He's done France. He's done like the middle of the like Swiss Alps. He's done small islands in New England. I'm excited to see him go out into the desert, you know, try something new. Mm -hmm. Plus, Wes Anderson's just the best. He's just so good. You love him. He's your guy. Uh, I love him so much. I always go back and forth, and I think definitively I do love Wes Anderson. I mean, his stories are A, well-written, B, well-made, and C, so stylistic that you can feel his presence in them, which I love. I love when a director puts themselves in the movie. Hmm. I know you like your naturalistic things, but when a director makes themselves known in their art, I think it's just so gorgeous, and he knows how to do it in such a beautiful and present way, and I love it. Number two, I know I said I wouldn't put any superhero movies on this list, but Spider-Man uh, Across the Spider-Verse yeah. is in, <laughs> I'm so hyped for it. I can't believe that you're not. I couldn't believe that it wasn't on your top 10. I mean, even without a trailer, man, you have to have such faith in these people, such faith in these creative forces. One of the three directors is the person who directed the last four episodes of Avatar. Like, come on. <laughs> I know. Come on. I know. Uh, again, they could pull it off. I and I hope they do. They will. Right now, they will. I'm not 100% confident in it. So you I bastard. Lower my expectations for it. We're expanding our mind of what a multiverse could even be. <laughs> Everything everywhere all at once was just the beginning. This is <laughs> this is the true test of what a multiverse can become. You fool. <laughs> you nincompoop. Uh-huh. I'm just not there yet. My not quite. My third eye hasn't opened yet. So nah, not in the least. I'm not what is your mood. number one? Because I can't guess what it is. I mean, I'm looking at the list I have. Maybe you missed one. You should know. It should be your number one. What is it? Killers of the Flower Moon, baby. Come on, Scorsese. You're excited for that too. DiCaprio, Jesse Plemons. Come on, it's so good. It's gonna be the masterpiece of our time. It. No, what? This Are was my kidding? number one last year, and it's my number one again this year as well. I'm Killers well of the Flower yeah. Moon, man. Oh, my God. I mean, that's Did you the read one. the book? You should read the book. No, you read the book. I remember last year when we did this episode, you said that, I think. Um, and no, I'm going to go in without reading the book. Okay. Because I just want to have that experience. Because there are some you know, movies where, like with Dune, like I want to read the book and be able to have that comparison point. But I'm going to go into Killers of the Flower Moon not knowing where the story goes, not okay. knowing anything else about it beyond like the basic plot that I know, and just be amazed by talk about the masters of their craft getting together for this. I mean, 
Come on. Yeah. Let me tell you, having Caprio is going to be beautiful. And and Jesse Clemens. Oh, De Niro's. Oh, my God. It's just going to be amazing. Let me tell you, having read the book, this movie is going to be incredible. This movie is going to be so fucking good. Oh, my fucking God. It is going to blow your mind. I guarantee you it's going to blow your fucking mind. I'm Mm -hmm. so excited for this movie. I have no idea when it's coming out. If he gets pushed to 2024, I'm going to kill myself. I swear to God. I'm <laughs> Me too. so fucking excited for this movie. I, I can't believe we didn't get to see it last year. Even in December, I was like, maybe he'll just release it as a surprise. You never know. He'll just drop it and be nah. like, by the way, boom, there's Killers of the Flower Moon. No, no lead up or anything. Boom, there it is. But no, he just fucking pushed it back. Why? It's done. It's fucking done. They're saying yeah, get it around either. May for like, like, Can, uh, film Can. Yeah. but God, I want it now. Fuck. <laughs> For real. <laughs> but yeah, I am fully expecting it to be just the creme de la creme of cinema. He's it gonna, absolutely will be. He's going to show everyone how it's done yet again. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. And God, I hope it comes out this year. Again, I almost was going to have it as like an extra mention of saying, I don't know if it's going to come out this year, but if it God, did, it it'd better. be top of the list. And I was like, you it know, better. I'll just put it top of the list anyway. But yeah, keep it, it keep it in our hopes. Keep it in our hearts because it'll it'll become your number one film for three yeah. years in a row. <laughs> if it, it has to come out in twenty twenty four, that so. would be incredible. <laughs> I will say though, if it does get pushed back this year, the Oscars is definitely going to be the year of Wes Anderson. If if Martin Scorsese says he doesn't release this movie, Wes Anderson will finally have his time. I swear After to God, after being shut out last time, <laughs> but I, I, I'm honestly mad that Killers of the Flower Moon got pushed back because now Wes Anderson's going to just get destroyed at the Oscars. Yet again, mm. just bad timing. Fuck. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they can coexist. They can both get 10 nominations each or something like that. Wes you Anderson know. deserves love. True. Very true. It is deserves crazy that love. he didn't get anything last year. It's crazy that Fantastic so. Mr. Fox didn't win. Yeah. I mean, we'll Toy Story hope. 3 is good and all, but still. Hopefully he'll get his redemption. Wait, no, it wasn't Toy Story 3. What, what beat it? It was something not as good. Fuck. Maybe it was Wally. Wally was pretty good, though. Yeah, take that back. Yeah. I'm going to look it up real quick. Let me ask you something. You know what's funny? You know what almost made it onto my honorable mentions? What's that? The Exorcist. Really? The remake from the man who made the Halloween Halloween trilogy that we didn't really like? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that he once again rebooted a horror film franchise from the 70s and just named it the exact same thing yet again? (laughs) He didn't. He didn't come up with a new name or anything. He just said, "Just call it The Exorcist." It's not a remake. It's a reboot. I really fucking name it something else. Do that. It's so dumb. Like, just give it a subtitle. Just give it a subtitle. All we gotta do. Come on. Yeah, you're telling me, man. So Guardians didn't even make it on your honorable mentions. Uh, no, it really didn't. I mean, that's crazy. I would have thought you would have at least had it on your mentions i thought it would have been on your top 10 uh, yeah no you love guardians of the galaxy i do i do but i'm not that excited for it i mean you know me i'm just fatigued i just have to be fatigued yeah. you know of all the, the super movies coming out this year other than spider-man into the spider-verse or across the spider-verse that is the one i'm looking for of all the mcu ones that's the one i'm looking forward to the most mm-hmm. but i'm still not like crazy excited also Fantastic Mr. Fox lost to Up. Ah, uh, interesting. I think that's dumb. Fantastic Mr. Fox is definitely better. Yeah, I can up. see your... your Maybe not Wally, but definitely Up. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Um, a case can be made for Stupid that. Stupid movie. Stupid <laughs> Oscars. Gotcha. Nominated right. Andrew Riseborough. <laughs> so apparently that's a secret. Wes Anderson just needs to get her into his star-studded casts. And yeah, make $27,000 and then win Oscars. There you go. All right. So that was our lists for our most anticipated movies of 2023. Hopefully, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think these are all going to be hits. I think so, too. I Hopefully we enjoy all of them. What we should do mm-hmm. next year or something, we should look back at our most anticipated and see whether we enjoyed them or not. Yeah. Get an interesting little. We should have done that this back. year. Oh, well. That's true. Do you remember Damn. your list at all? <laughs> God, no. Maybe, is it in the script somewhere, maybe? I mean, I could pull no, it up. No, because with these, to not like reveal it to the other person, we always 
just make our own list. We never put on the document. Yeah. So I do have my list though. Oh, go through it. Go through it. So my number 10 was Woman King and I liked it, made it top 10. Good. Fableman's number nine made it top 10. Good. Spider-Verse did not come out, but that was in the top 10 last year. That's funny. Top Gun Maverick was number seven and it ended up doing real well. I had Jurassic World Dominion. Then I had The Batman. Then I had Bullet Train. Uh, I think you and I both were looking forward to that earlier in the year. We were, yeah. Because it did have really good premise. Um, And it was all right. I mean, we enjoyed it. It was okay. It was all right. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon was third last year. Oh, shit. It was on my radar even then. But yeah, that stuff is real good. Number two was Babylon. Okay. Coming through. My Babylon was definitely on my list. Haven't even seen it yet. And then my number one was Avatar 2. Oh, of course. Was. Then, I as I was that. saying, I said it was going to be a hit. It's going to be a smash. Don't doubt James Cameron. And I was proved correct. So there we go. So yeah, I had Financially, one, yeah. two, three, four, five. Is that correct? Yeah. Five films in my most anticipated ended up in my top 10 of the year mm-hmm. list yeah that's a really good success rate yeah i i am more uh in the belief that my top 10 list this year compared to my top 10 list last year i think more of the movies in my top 10 list this year will make it into my top 10 list of the year next year gotcha i have more faith in these movies than i did of the movies of last year cool i think I'm... all of these i'm going to enjoy in one way or another i don't think any of them are going to be duds that's what I'm saying. Nice. I'm less confident, actually, in this year's really? list that will end up in the top 10. Well, I'll be honest with you, Ryan. Your list was kind of buns. Hey, how dare you? <laughs> in no way was it buns. You it put the flash as number five. Bro, you got to go with your heart. And that's where my heart is at. I want to see. Heart sucks. It's either going to be a massive train wreck or it's going to be unbelievable masterpiece it's one or the other either way it's going to be fantastic i'm looking forward to that that's going to be a good experience in the theater <laughs> sure we'll see <laughs> so that's what i'm saying that's what i'm here for nah, right. it's gonna be bad it's just gonna be bad it may be but once again either way it'll be amazing to see it go down so, you gotta go fast you barry go. you gotta go faster than you've ever gone barry you gotta break you gotta break the rule barry whoa why are you spoiling it come on <laughs> They just redo that scene entirely, <laughs> shot for shot, word for word. They just cut and paste. Mm-hmm. The whole movie is just all of Ezra Miller's scenes over the last like five years in the DC just cut together, and then and then they do separate scenes with like uh, Michael <laughs> Keaton just in there, just right. reacting. They never had Ezra Miller on set. Michael Keaton's like, I've never met the guy. <laughs> I hear he's kind of crazy though. He gets to get nuts. <laughs> Dude, yeah, dude, they're gonna drop that line, which I think maybe they did in the trailer already. I don't know, but there's no, well, there wasn't. Don't you want that? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. I really want them to do it. <laughs> they're, gun, they don't, they're gonna they're just, for sure. But all right, there we go. Our top ten. We'll be able to reflect on it at the end of the year. See, yeah, how all these films ended up turning out. I can't and, wait for when The Flash is your number one film of the year. Oh, my God. That'll be great. No, it's not an East Asian foreign film, so it probably won't make it. Could you imagine? Could you, <laughs> they, they they make a Japanese Flash, and it's just a thousand times better. That would be crazy if they did that. That'd be incredible. Anyway, that's all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for this show is Sundown by Joseph McDay. If you like the show, please give us five stars in whatever podcast app you're listening to, and be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.